Welcome to the Peter Gabbett Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Today is May 3rd, 2020, which means I am on day 141 in a row of 365 promised episodes that brings you unedited, unscripted, improv, news, movies, food, music, sports, entertainment, and all things except politics. Well, folks, it didn't take long for Andy Dalton to find a new home after he was dumped on the street by the Cincinnati Bengals. It looks like he signed a one-year contract with the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I gotta say, if you're just thinking region, it would be ten times better, in my opinion, to live in Dallas for a year than to ever be in Cincinnati, Ohio. That's 100% a guarantee. There's multiple horrendous cities in Ohio that I would never stay in. And they are Cincinnati, Cleveland, Toledo, Columbus. I mean, the list goes on and on. They're all shitty cities. But Dallas seems to be pretty nice. Not to mention the Cowboys are supposedly America's team, although I have not seen that many fans as of late because they only show themselves when they're winning. Now, when I was young, the Cowboys or the 49ers won Super Bowls during my childhood, or at least made it that far, it seemed like every single season. Led by Emmitt Smith and Michael Irvin and Troy Aikman, I could not stand the Cowboys. To this day, I don't really like them, but I just, I don't see them as a threat, so it doesn't really bother me as much. But with Andy Dalton at the helm, which looks to be the replacement for the terrible Dak Prescott, I expect a little bit better of a year, perhaps. Or maybe this is just them working on rebuilding and using an old veteran quarterback who knows the sport well as a platform to begin something new. Either way... Andy Dalton to the Cowboys. Was it a good move? I don't know. Now, circulating online is a video of Mike Tyson training at the ripe age of 50 plus. And I gotta say, he still looks scary as shit. I would never mess with this guy. His jab and his cross look just like lightning striking. He even grabbed the attention of Joe Rogan, of course, for the Joe Rogan podcast that he has something to say about everybody on. But he even grabbed the attention of Khabib Nurmagomedov, who was supposed to be Tony Ferguson's fight adversary coming up on the 9th of May. Now, instead, we know it's going to be Justin Gagey, but that's still a really stacked card. But I say with this training video from Mike Tyson, maybe this is a little taste of what is yet to come. Perhaps Mike will come out of retirement for one maybe charity-driven event that'll just be fun for us to watch. It won't be a serious bout against another old guy somewhere, somehow. But I think, you know, you just don't train like that unless you're preparing for some sort of exhibition fight, you know? I gotta say, 
he looks like he's getting fight ready. And I don't know if you would just do that to stay in shape when you're over the age of 50. I mean, just do some push-ups in your house or hit up a local gym. Now, this guy was full-on fight training and looking like he's ready to box anybody who comes his way. I gotta say, I would still be in complete fear if I had to fight this guy. I mean, obviously me, I'm teeny. I weigh 150 pounds. I wouldn't fight a heavyweight like Mike Tyson. But if I was somebody who was a huge boxer and I was in great shape, I would still be afraid after watching that video because he damn near knocks over his trainer who's wearing those pads and those little glove pads that you punch. It looked like he almost shattered the guy's hand with one of his jabs. You know, Mike Tyson looks in phenomenal shape. And I got to say the end of his career, which maybe this isn't the end, I don't know, has been great for him though. He's got, you know, money in marijuana industries. He's got, you know, himself in some movies doing cameos here and there. You know, the dude has flipped his life around from whence he came out of jail for supposed rape back in the day when I was young. So I gotta say, sometimes when things look bleak, think about the future and go for it. And that's what Mike Tyson has done with his life. Now, folks, rumor has it that Disney is working on an MCU reboot of Gambit in a solo story. Yes, which would cost them significantly less money than introducing the whole X-Men into the MCU as they generally would because of the fan demand. But I gotta say, if they do this, there's two routes they can take. Now, it's already been said that it's most likely going to be rated R. A Gambit solo film, most likely rated R, on account of the more adult and older folks such as myself being the fans of Gambit and younger kids pretty much have no idea who he is and don't care anyways. So if they make a solo Gambit film, it's most likely to be rated R, but it looks as though they're going to wait to see how successful Deadpool 3 is as a rated R movie and if it's as successful as the PG-13 Deadpool that they had already then they will eventually go forward with the Rated R Gambit movie. Yes, because otherwise, if it's not very successful, and they realize then they made a mistake by making Deadpool 3 Rated R, then they're going to make Gambit PG-13 to try and grasp a little bit of the younger crowd and get some money off of them too. But I think it would be wise to go Rated R with this movie because, again, young kids don't know who Gambit is. They don't care. But I grew up watching the X-Men animated series, and my, one of my favorite characters by far was Gambit. Now, don't ask me why. It makes no sense. But maybe it was his witty, cunning, southern, you know, style accent and the way he spoke and the fact that he threw poker cards. You know, he threw cards at people that he would light up with energy and they would explode when they contacted them. I mean, that's cool. Some of the other characters... They're kind of lame. I mean, Jubilee, what does she do? She, like, shoots fireworks out of her hands. You know, what? I don't, I don't really understand that. Beast, you know, he just remains as a beast the whole time. It's all he does. He's a beast. Well, I mean, that's cool, I guess. But Gambit, he throws cards at people that are charged with mass amounts of energy. 
And that's not all he can throw. He can throw anything. But he chooses cards because he's a card-playing gambling man from New Orleans, and that's cool. You know, they the one time they showed him in the MCU, it was a mistake. The character, or the, actually, I should say the actor who played him did an okay job, but the way that pro, they portrayed his character was stupid. And apparently, for over five years, Channing Tatum was supposed to produce and star in a standalone Gambit film. But eventually, of course, we all know, Disney bought out Fox, which shattered the contracts they had lined up for so many things, including that. So now we have to just hope that Disney is not lying about this rumor, and supposedly we will get a Gambit solo reboot movie, which I have been waiting for for a very long time. I've been given a few new shows a chance to wow me, you know, because I've been exhausting everything else there is to watch. And I said this before, Ozark, fantastic show, 100% guaranteed entertainment for anyone, except probably young kids. I'm not sure if I would let them watch it, but either way, Ozark, fantastic. But I did watch Hollywood. Yes, the new show on Netflix... And I was surprised to find out that it's about an actor, well, a guy who wants to be an actor. You know, he's he's fresh out of the military. World War II's over. He came out to Hollywood to, to, you know, live out his dream as a Hollywood actor. Tries to get some gigs as an extra. Doesn't work out so well. So he realized he has to have some sort of connections or inside way to get himself into into the films. And so... He first starts working at a gas station, which is actually a cover for a gigolo industry. Yes, this is weird. You know, it's things I didn't expect out of the show. So sure enough, the guy who owns the gas station pimps out the male workers to women and men seeking sexual companionship. So in one of the first episodes that I watched, there was a huge scene about gay men having sex. And a whole bunch of, you know, gigolo stuff going on. And just the typical weird Hollywood crap that goes along with something that's actually called Hollywood. And I don't know if any of this is supposed to be true. It seemed like they were depicting some real characters in this show. But I, I mean, I don't know. If, that's, if that stuff really happened, then WTF Hollywood on the real That's crazy. But I must say, other than that weird stuff, it's quite entertaining. You know, it does really look like the 40s. I mean, not that I lived it or anything, you know, but I consider myself somewhat of an American history buff. And I gotta say, the cars are on point, you know, the outfits, 100%, the attitudes, the speech of these people... They match up very well with what I think is about 1948. So I got to say, kudos to you, creators of Hollywood, the show. It's very good. Check it out. You know, don't be afraid of the fact that there will be some strong homosexuality as well as, you know, a little bit of foul mouth stuff going on. But it's no, you know, that's just the way it was back then. 
Everybody smoked cigarettes. Everybody drank whiskey. That was the life back then. And, you know, I gotta say, it kind of made me jealous that it's not still that way. Not the homosexuality part, of course, but, you know, the open chance that you could just become a movie star overnight because you knew somebody or you had a connection. Nowadays, it ain't like that. There's too many people trying to become movie stars all at once. Everybody wants a piece of the pie, and there's really no point in even trying unless your father's a director or you're unbelievably good-looking or you just have an extremely good skill set when it comes to acting, all of which don't pertain to me whatsoever. So I never went after it. Maybe I should have. I got the voice for it. Perhaps I could have done voiceovers for cartoons. But I definitely don't look like the person they want on the big screen, and I always knew that. Oh, well, let's give it up to the people who made the show Hollywood. Check it out on Netflix. It is a good show. You will be entertained by it. Now, folks, some of this releasing prisoners and people in jail because of the COVID pandemic stuff has got to end. I mean, one guy in California here was arrested three times in a day and still released each time because they don't want to crowd the jails in case people might get sick. What is going on here? Here in San Diego County alone, they began releasing pimps and people who were mistreating the elderly I mean, doesn't that just go 100% against the fact that they're the ones who are have a high chance of getting this disease and dying from it, the elderly? So people mistreat them, surely aren't going to go out on the street and ensure that they don't get sick from it. They're going to mistreat elderly continuously. I don't know how these people are getting released from jail, and some are violent felons. And instead of that, they're replacing them with people who are breaking the stay-at-home order and people are protesting and getting out of hand, they're throwing them in jail instead. Now, this makes no sense to me. I, I'm just not, I'm not grasping how I'm supposed to understand this. So a guy who's getting arrested three times in a day is obviously drawing in cops to arrest him. So that's breaking the social distancing. He's obviously done something to offend somebody in such a way that they had to call the cops, which means they were probably close enough to him to break the six-foot rule as well. Then they have to pursue charges to be pressed against the guy, or at least the cops that are writing him a citation will be standing right next to him after they handcuffed him. So they touched him, they touched each other, everybody touched somebody. And then as he sits in the cop car, which has had like probably 30 other people in the back of it that day, He's spreading more germs, and then they take him out and release him to the public so he can spread germs again, instead of putting him in jail where he belongs because he's been arrested three times in a day and just taking care of the problem right away and saying, hey, buddy, you shouldn't have broken the law. If you don't want to catch COVID-19 in jail, then don't go to jail from breaking the law. What a world of craziness. I'm just not understanding the mindset behind this, it's pretty ridiculous. 
But I have no say in it, so I guess that's what happens. So if you see somebody committing a crime, perhaps they just got out of jail for some other crimes they committed, and they were force-released because it's too packed in there, and if you call the cops, it's not going to matter because they ain't going to go to jail again anyway. Now this is crazy. MGM has pushed a offer to the NBA to allow players to live at Mandalay Bay while they finish the season on 24 courts they use for both practice and actual games that MGM claims it will build up in time for them to finish out the NBA season in Las Vegas. Now, they're doing this mostly because at the rate of money that they're losing right now in Vegas, MGM specifically, because they own so many casinos that are closed, they were in search of anything that could boost their revenue, and this came to them as an idea. Perhaps finishing out the NBA season there would not only bring them some money, but also remind people that Vegas exists and remind them that the NBA exists and give us something to bet on and just everything. And I say it's a great idea. Ship all the players to Vegas, set their families up in one of the, you know, 5,000 rooms they have in the Mandalay Bay. They're not going to fill them all up. That's a guarantee. And, you know, give people, the people of Vegas who need some type of work, a job to do and give us sports to watch. We cannot cancel the rest of this year. That would make no sense. Not with teams like the Portland Trailblazers finally getting back their starting center, Yusuf Nurkic, and Zach Collins, their backup center, and Damian Lillard coming off of an injury. And not with teams like the LA Clippers having an all-star starting squad that is sure to be able to handle the L.A. Lakers in a postseason setting. I gotta say, they need to figure something out, and they have not said that the NBA has rejected this offer to play out the games in Las Vegas. They have not said that. They have said, however, that they are almost certain that they're going to push back next year's season to begin in December And that will give them ample time to finish out this year's season while still giving the NBA players an off-season break the length that they're used to. Which would mean all kinds of crazy schedule changes will happen. You know, don't expect to go to any NBA games in November for next year's season. Not going to happen. All I know is I need this season to finish up so I can at least see who is the champion of the 2019-2020 NBA season. Folks, it's time for the portion of the Peter Gabbett podcast you are certainly, absolutely, positively in love with, and that is Real Stories, brought to you by Joe Schmo, Peter Timothy Hankst, and Barbecues, and that's B-B-Q-U-S-I-O-N. Now, today, folks, I'm going to tell you the story about when I thought I should join up with an MMA training camp, and I thought I was going to get into it and learn some jujitsu and be able to just throw people on their ass and choke them out because I'm a small guy. I need some sort of protection for my little teeny weak body. So I was good friends. Well, I still am. I, I consider them good friends, although 
I haven't spoken to them in a many, a many a years, but these two gentlemen I worked with at Applebee's by the name of John Wright and Nate Pierce, good friends of mine, and they also happen to teach youth Taekwondo and Muay Thai at a huge place called Aim High, which was near the Applebee's we all worked. So these guys were full-on teachers. They weren't just, you know, learning themselves. Yes, learning how to deal with young children all day, which props to them. I don't know how they did it. would have driven me insane. Just trying to show a kid how to do a high kick or anything like that would be ridiculous and a waste of time. But they did it, and they were really good at it. And they even offered me an opportunity to learn some stuff for free. So one day they told me I could join a two-week trial period of this jiu-jitsu class, which my own friend John Wright was a part of. He was the one I spent the most time with. Me and him would play Call of Duty into the night, especially zombie mode on Black Ops, like, for so long, for so many hours. It would be like 2 a.m., and we realized we're still playing zombies, and we had to work the next morning. So me and this guy, we bonded through video games and smoking mass amounts of weed, and so why not bond through some Brazilian jiu-jitsu? So he got me into his class, and it was taught by, like, a master jiu-jitsu teacher. You know, like, this guy knew his stuff insanely good. Uh, insanely well, I should say. He, you know, like, I was I was impressed. I got there. The little training we would do was, like, definitely what I expected and more. And I got a few days into it until there was an incident. Yep, something that made me decide I'm absolutely never going to do something like that again. And I'll tell you what happened. So it's not like I got my ass beat by somebody. I easily would have because everybody in there was way more trained than me. It's not like I you know, was embarrassed because I didn't have my own gi to wear. And it was kind of weird wearing a, a, a loner gi. By the way, a gi is like a big heavy sweater with these little things you tie. It's almost like if you're wearing a robe without the bottom half of the robe, and instead you had, you know, sweatpants on or something. Either way, it's something in jiu-jitsu you can grab a hold of. It's a legitimate thing. You can toss people around using it. You can use it to your advantage. Now, I, you know, I was still in, I had a major learning curve to get over because I had never been in any type of martial arts whatsoever. So I understood that there would be some rolling around the ground with some guys and some positions I may be in where a dude's nutsack might be kind of close to my face or something, or, you know, I might be getting squeezed in between a guy's legs and arm bars happening and things like that. I understood that, and I was, I guess, okay with it, although it kind of freaked me out a little bit. But what happened was worse than any of that. Now, I was, you know wrestling this guy pretty much in a jujitsu fashion and it was kind of a free wrestling scenario where they just said do as you will try and get this guy on the ground try and knock him over and of course I couldn't do it I kept trying I kept trying kept knocking me on my ass until finally he had me in a position where his legs were spread over my chest and he had his head looking down at me and he asked me to try and wiggle out of this position and he had me pinned down to where I really couldn't wiggle out of it. The guy was like 100 pounds heavier than me as well. So it was impossible for me to move. But then what happened next, I could have never expected. 
in absolute slow motion fashion, I watched in terror as a bead of his sweat from his grimy, greasy face and hair dripped all the way down his face and off of his chin and went directly into my mouth as I was breathing because I had to breathe through my mouth because he was on my chest and it was impossible to breathe through my nose. I felt like I was about to pass out. And I literally tasted another man's sweat. And that was when I told him to get the fuck off me and get, just get off. I was like, I'm sorry, man, nothing against you, but I cannot do this anymore. Now, not only have multiple nut sacks from another guy that are sweatier than shit been, you know, slammed up against my neck or face in some way, but now a man's sweat dripped into my mouth. Nope. Uh Uh-uh. That is not my style, people. I cannot and I will not endure that ever again. And when I told the guy... I was done because of that. He was like, what's the big deal? It's going to happen all the time. Well, that just ensures that I made the right choice to never do this again. So I didn't quit because it was too hard of work for me. I didn't quit because I was afraid of a bully in there or something. I didn't even quit because I wasn't learning fast enough. I quit because I do not want to drink other men's sweat. That is disgusting. Now, it made me think of that video in the movie Jackass, one of the Jackasses, maybe it's two or three, I don't know, where that big fat guy, I think it's Scott Preston or something, whatever his name is, the big fat guy is running on a treadmill in a plastic suit and they're collecting his sweat in a cup until it's about a half full glass of man's sweat and they make... I think it's it's either Ryan Dunn or Bam Margera. One of those guys has to drink it. Now, I got to say, when I thought about that, I just wanted to puke all over this guy. I was like, Bleh. you know, I was gagging. I'm like, I can't do it. And I feel bad to this day for quitting because I don't quit things. I see them through to the end every time. But this was one thing I had to quit, and I knew I was not going back. In the end, folks, the lesson to be learned here is obvious. If you want to join something like this, an MMA gym, you fully must expect to have at least a certain amount of another person's sweat enter your body in some way. Now, I'm not down with that, so I ain't going to do it. But if you want to try it out, give it a go. Enjoy yourself. Hope you have fun drinking other guys' sweat. And I hope you enjoyed the Peter Gabbett podcast today, folks. It means the world to me to have listeners like you. Thank you very much. I hope you're staying safe, staying at home, and staying weary of the current situation, although it should be over soon, and I'm certain we'll be back to our normal lives, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Now, folks, speaking of sweat, and I don't really have a lot of songs in my musical repertoire that have to do with sweat, but I do have a song about a sweater. Now, I'm sure by saying that you know what it is. Here is Weezer with Undone. 